Hello and welcome to an all new Marvel cast, Explosion into X Hub of all things Marvel. We're going to talk about everything MCU and beyond, from Avengers and Defenders to Nitro and Speedball. My name is Ashley Hobley, joining me today, Ultimate Kira Martian. Let's see how Tony Stark can go overboard on his controlling madness again! Yay! And joining us to be upset about all of this, the Astonishing Dill Blight. Why are you setting me up like that? I love this movie. <laughs> That's not Especially what we heard Sam's last week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Paul Rudd, it's funny. Yep. So this week we're talking about Captain America Civil War. Captain, while a great many people see you as a hero, there are some who'd prefer the word vigilante. You've operated with unlimited power and no supervision. That's something the world can no longer tolerate. I know how much Bucky means to you. Stay out of this one. Please. You'll only make this worse. You saying you'll arrest me? There will be consequences. Captain, you seem a little defensive. Well, it's been a long day. If we can't accept limitations, we're no better than bad guys. That's not the way I see it. Sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. I just want to make sure we consider all our options. Because people that shoot at you usually wind up shooting at me too. You know what's about to happen. Do you really want to punch your way out of this? What do we do? We fight. You know I wouldn't do this if I had any other choice. But he's my friend. So was I. Released 2016, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. Screenplay by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, based on Captain America by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Starring Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, Don Cheadle, Jeremy Renner, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Rudd, Emily Van Camp, Tom Holland, Frank Grillo, William Hurt, and Daniel Bruhl. Friction arises between the Avengers when one group supports the government's decision to implement a law to control their powers while the other opposes it. Kieran, what do you think of Captain America Civil War? Um, Was the war civil enough for you? <laughs> uh, I, th- I really enjoy Captain America Civil War. This is where Captain America stops being a Captain America movie and just starts being like Avengers light. Where it's like, yeah, it's pretty much an Avengers movie at this point. Um... I, I I actually really like a, a Civil War in general. I think it's one of my favorites of the more mainline Avengers movies. Um, it has my favorite twenty minutes out of all of the Marvel, like the MCU in general. Like I really love from the introduction of Spider Man up until the end of the um, airport scene. Um, I think I remember watching this and this movie um, captured Spider Man for me in a way that I had been kind of desperate for. Um, with all with both the Garfield and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man not really hitting the mark for me personally and my enjoyment of Spider-Man. Not just... Like, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was good, but I never liked his Peter Parker, um, and I think Tom Holland's lands both for me. Um, I know we're going to have an exciting episode just from Dylan's facial reactions from my comments already, so let's, let's dive into that. I'm just laughing because... <laughs> Well, let me let me start this off. Let me let me set this up. I feel like I've talked about this movie on this podcast 
like I've talked about it on other things. What do you want to watch probably before <laughs> this sort of thing? Let, let me just preface this and say I've watched this movie now three times, so I must love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know. The third time it was under obligation, so the power of tract. Uh, all my all my timings and anything released after twenty fifteen, I've got it solved. Um, I would give this movie a seven point five, right? So that means that I don't actually dislike it as much as everyone else uh, thinks. I just. I'm disappointed in basically from the point Kieran said he loved it onwards <laughs> is the worst part of the movie, which is why I'm starting to laugh. Well, the thing is, uh, I don't, I don't. After the airport, I'm a bit iffy on that. After the airport bit, but I really, I just love the whole Spider-Man section. Is really what it is for me. Where I remember wanting to watch this movie over and over again just for that section. See, I don't even love uh, the airport. Like Spider-Man was great, you know, like. His introduction is cool, is what it is there. Um, I just think the airport fight was just not that... wasn't very exciting for me the first time watching it. It's still not now. Like, and let, uh, The whole power of just seeing a bunch of Marvel characters fight one another wasn't wearing on me, you know? Like, I'm not I'm not sitting in the cinema giddy over that anymore. Like, we're fucking... After whatever number of these movies, I'm like, I can't, you can't just fool me with this magic trick every, every, every single time. I need some actual cool fight scenes here and... You know, I don't know. How about you film a fight scene where it doesn't cut between every single fucking punch and you just do some choreography or something? How about that? That would be a great idea. Um, but I, so the thing I like so much about this movie is the concept, uh, which has come from the comics, the comics, obviously, the Civil War concept. And I, I just really feel like this should have been at least two movies, possibly a, a storyline stretched throughout several of the Marvel movies and used as a lot more of a, uh, a, a, a string that was pulled through many of them and had characters questioning throughout several movies how they felt about it and what decisions they should make. And I just think that as fun as this movie is and as, as good as it is in times when it's actually having these sort of um, moral dilemmas with the characters, which is when I think it's the, the most interesting, especially when it comes to, you know, by the end of it, Steve being like, all right, well, I'm a fucking, I'm Batman now. I'm just going to run off and the cops hate me and I'll go do, I'll go save people in the, in the dark of night kind of thing. Um, like all of that's interesting. And every time there's a fight scene or something like that, I'm just kind of like, I, I, that's the least interesting part of this movie for me. Um, but I, I really just think that this, this should have at least been two movies or, or even better in my ideal world. It would have been an entire phase where the underlining bad guy was, uh, what are they called the Sokovia Accords? Is that yeah? Is that, yeah. Yeah. So it's like instead of having a main villain through Phase Three or something or whatever, mm. how cool it would have been for the main villain to actually have just been the threat of the Sokovia Accords and having characters have, having to weigh up uh, what they would have to. Do. And that's not to say they wouldn't be villains. Obviously, each character's movie they would have their their villain. You could have done it with Ant Man movie, had him face a certain villain, but still, for all these movies, I would have placed the underlining ideas of these characters having to to come to terms of like like they did in the comics where it's like well do i whose side am i on blah 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 then you do civil war then after you've had uh really this storyline works better as a tv show is what i'm saying than a than a two and a half hour movie that's i would agree i would agree with (laughs) that if I don't know. I think it would it would have taken a lot more complex writing in terms of how they're working in with the um Infinity War and everything coming up with it, I think, in general. Um, but I think that would have been interesting in terms of, okay, 
guys, we have this Infinity War going on. Why the, like we've got this stuff happening? Why why are we fighting over this shit? Like having that storyline running through it would have been more interesting. I think once again there are some really weird kind of not results, but um there are things that just kind of continue to happen throughout these movies that are just never mentioned again. Um, like Captain America being kind of gone rogue and being nomad just doesn't have any implications really for the rest of the movies. Like it's never well, no, because it started Infinity War. They're just like, okay, because... well, go pick Cap up. Like, <laughs> yeah, because there's no movie in between in this and Infinity yeah. War, which I think is probably even that would have helped this movie. Yes. Honestly, like yeah. if I was watching this now, maybe the first time I watch this movie of cinema, I'm a little bit disappointed for these exact reasons. But if the one ad came out, had it been uh, a movie like another Captain America movie that kind of helped have see these characters that are all on his side dealing with the choices they've made and these sorts of things, then maybe it would have made this movie better in retrospect, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed it. I like it. I, uh, I mean, it It does wear... I think it's kind of warmed off the heroes fighting each other thing, which I think was kind of like a big... Obviously, this came out the same year as Batman vs Superman from memory. Uh, so there was a lot of heroes fighting Better heroes. movie. What's the ultimate cut? <laughs> if, if. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I again, I pop for Spider Man. I think he's great in this. I think, I think it's interesting that this probably is the film that does the most legwork for future films out of pretty much anything they've done, but still works as a coherent film in itself. It definitely sets up Black Panther perfectly. Um, it sets up Spider Man as well. And again, as we discussed a couple episodes ago, where it was like, oh, you know, I think it was Kieran who was like, that felt a bit forced. I definitely feel in this movie they've got it down packed where all of the Black Panther and all these other things just naturally felt like they were part yes, of this movie and not yeah. backdoor pilots. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Even Black Widow's upcoming movie is technically, you know, that's part of this. Like, because it's, it's, it's after this one. But you're not like, oh, this movie sets up a Black Widow movie. No, you wouldn't have thought of that. No. But- no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, really enjoyed it. I mean,. I think it's interesting, obviously, the movie starts off very much like Captain America Winter Soldier uh, in that style, although I felt it was, like, super... I didn't love the handheldy action at the start of the film. Uh, but, yeah, there's some other good hand-to-hand, hand-to-hand fights, and then the Russo slowly shift over to the, the superior fighting, which they continue for the rest of their run. Uh, so, you know, D- Dylan got a little bit of his little action that he likes. At the start yeah, I, well, my, I, I'll be honest, my favourite action scene is actually just the, the opening one, so... Yeah. It is just more visceral uh, on grounds. Feels like a fucking Bourne movie or some shit like that. So, you know, yeah. it feels more Winter Soldier, obviously, as you said. So, yeah, definitely. Let's jump into building the MCU. Uh, first up, we've got Chuck Bozeman as T'Challa, Black Panther, debuted in Fantastic Four, number 52, July 1966, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Um, perfect. I know I've said this a few times now, but really? Fantastic Four? Yeah. Slide note, Black Panther named Black Panther before the Black Panther Party became the Black Panther Party. Yes, I I did Google that when I was like 13, 14. I <laughs> 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 um, no, yeah, obviously Chadwick Boseman, uh, fantastic. You ca- you really cannot pitch anyone else in that role, and that's why I hope Thank no one Thank God else, you never have to. Uh, yeah. They, Until they, they reboot the MCU. This is well, the, like, this is the first movie I've watched with him... Well, the first ninety nine percent of the world. Yep. This is the first yes. movie they saw of him. So, yeah. well, not even the first. Sorry, I'm saying this is the first time I've really watched a movie with him in it since his passing. 
Um, okay. And so I there was, especially for that kind of opening segment of him and his interactions with um, Black Widow and his father, I did have a quite a big lump in my throat for that because it, it is, you know, he was so good at this role and so good at every other role he did. Um, and to know what he was going through at this time is um, is kind of insane. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I thought they did a great job, obviously showcasing the Black Panther. I feel like that I, that running scene through the underground tunnel is Isn't that's weird. Cool. Same. It's cool, but it's kind of it looks weird. It's obviously them going at a different speed than it all works the cars though. around them. Yeah, I, think it I guess. Like, I think I think. It's, if you watch the behind the scenes, then I guess it breaks your brain, which you might have, and that's why it sticks. Or it. Like, you've watched Corridor Crew, has talked about it a number of times. Now that's enough. Yeah. So I feel like I think that's one of those scenes where if you see behind the looking glass, then your brain goes like. Ugh. But I, I I think it's a really cool way to do it because the only other way would be like a bunch of more special effects and green screens and all that sort of nonsense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, then, of course, we've got the other big name. Tom Holland as Peter Parker, Spider-Man, debuted in Amazing Fantasy number 15, August 1962, created by Stanley and Steve Dicto. Uh, they nailed the casting with this one. Uh, Tom Holland's brilliant. We've all Rough. come to love him even more in years so since. They've, he's got his massive stands on the internet now. We think he should be getting an Academy Award. It's crazy. How young does he look <laughs> in this, though? Like, yes, uh, he's super baby-faced. Yeah. Why? Which works. No, I- it really works, but it's funny like when you watch someone that's young and they do so many movies or whatever, you don't really notice as you're watching them, obviously, but then when you go back, you're like, wow, you look so much younger than him. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. I, I'll still stand by it and say there's no backdoor pilots, but if there's anything that get, gets fucking close, it's the Tony Stark goes to his house. Love that scene. Hilarious. All of it's great. It's but uh, but if, yep. I, if I had to pick one scene that was like, that's getting close to writing the, the backdoor pilot scene, it's, uh, it's that one, I guess. But um, ha- I always thought the only thing I was thinking about while watching this is it's kind of funny when they- I remember when they did this at the time they're like oh sp-, you know they put out their trailer Spider-Man shows up everyone loses their shit the first time I remember there, there being a little bit of discussion around like is this was the right way to- uh, they eventually um, surely would have been they yeah. put the they, I think the Spider-Man trailer was the first time they'd said anything about him definitely yeah being like him. he shows out because he like, he's whips- only there was only because I think they did the trailer at the same time as an announcing the deal with with Fox um, to have him in the movies because I think everybody up until that point was still like Spider Man's a no go like even with them kind of multiple times attempting to make deals and it never seemed to be coming to fruition. Well, the story is that they f- they kind of just slipped him into this movie once that deal went through, kinda to to a degree of like okay, we got Spider Man, so we just should we just should we put him in this movie? And everyone was like. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah, let's go. So apparently which that's is, what they did. So which is both a positive but also slightly disappointing as well because of in the kind of the comic book Civil War how important Peter Parker is to that entire storyline. I don't what? think it it doesn't matter because obviously they wouldn't have had the history of Peter Parker, which makes exactly in that but that's important. the that's the sad thing. We'll talk to that later. I was gonna I was gonna say because like watching this from retrospect, I was just thinking about how. Like, do we think this was still the right choice and right way to introduce Spider-Man and not have um, just just because this is what they kept doing with characters? Obviously, they kept well, doing you know they introduced Black Panther in this one. They introduced like uh, they keep doing this thing. They slowly introduce characters in other movies, but for a character as big as Spider-Man, I remember that at the time people were still a little bit like, uh, don't know if I, I think, want it to be I that think way. For me, this was perfect because this circumvented 
the flow of the Spider-Man movie being a need for some kind of um, they didn't need to go and kill off Uncle Ben again. They didn't need to re-go over all of his storyline. It was it was a case of no, he has been it immediately established in this movie. He has already kind of he's already been established as Spider Man. He's already fairly proficient as Spider Man in his movements and everything. He's is a he bit though? confident in himself. <laughs> I think Tony I think Tony kind of gives him like it's very much like you're doing a very amateur job, but you're yeah. like you're doing it. <laughs> I appreciate that uh, he is, he's stolen a... Oh, he's been dived for a DVD player. Uh, and he's got an app, old Apple Mac. Uh, things that they never carry on ever again. For reference no, it's, to ever again. It's weird. So in this, they're very much like... Uh, not not a poor family, but, you know, middle middle class. Mm. Don't, don't have the, the, obviously, Aunt May doesn't have the money to buy him all the school equipment he needs. He needs a grant from Tony. Uh, yeah. All these sorts of things. Uh, and they they purposely place things around the room to to make it look that way. And then the future movies, it's very much like, well, we want him to be like a cool sort of techie Spider Man now, who's you know doing all but the gadget stuff. Of... We never want to explain the money, so. But <laughs> yeah. I guess I think I'd always just written that off to Tony looks after him, like Tony, like kind of gives him like very well kind paid of, intern. He's a Even very well he paid want intern, him to do anything. or Tony's just like, yeah, I've put some money aside for you, just. Do what you need to with that. Like literally, look after yourself and look after everything. Like, um, which I think that is a, for me, I think that's a fine explanation for why yeah. it kind of turns around like that in the future. Yeah, looking forward to talking about it more in Homecoming. Uh, next up, we got Daniel Brühl as Helmet Zemo, debuted in Captain America, one hundred and sixty eight, December nineteen seventy three, created by Roy Thomas, Tony Isabella, and Sal Buscema. Uh. I really enjoyed Daniel Brühl in this. I thought he was great. Uh, interesting. The thing I saw him in before this was uh, Rush with Chris Hemsworth, the uh, F1 uh, drama in which Nikki he plays Nicky Lauda. Yeah, Nicky Lauda. I was close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nicky. That was as far as I was going to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which he was a fantastic in, so I was excited to see him in this. Uh, I think his plot line is very good and... Like, I feel like my thing is his. I feel line, like it's a good misdirect, but at the same time, I think his plotline resides on a lot of like, I don't know, like very There's, kind of yeah, the one thing, one massive plot hole is how do you know about yeah? That well, first, to how do you with? know about that moment to start with, and also it resides on the fact of you being able to, like, it kind of the 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 crux of his whole plan is being able to find proof that that happened like to be able to go into that bunker and there just happened to be a videotape from the security cam of the exact moment where um winter soldier killed like the starks like that that does it just seems like a very like his plan just overall is very um kind of happenstance and lucky that it all comes together and it's just yeah there's not real much set in stone for it really sometimes you just gotta believe you know, you gotta believe Calm the down, plan's gonna come rapper. through. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he, like he had a solid plan. It's, you know, find the Winter Soldier, draw him out, and you know. I mean, I if the guy had have just told him what it was, then we would have all been saved. All this. I think it's a. I think his his general uh, like what he wants to do, like you know, split the Avengers apart from inside. 
cool concept, cool, you know, like he does a really good job. I would have said cool concept if he had a decent reason for doing it, other than, like, Murdering I don't family. know. I think it's a nice juxtaposition to the lady who shouts out, gives Tony a mouthful at the start of the film, so. Yeah, I don't feel like it's, I don't feel More like it's an extreme it's, reaction. It's any different than, like, any other fucking comic book villain, <laughs> like, in the scheme of things, like, how over the overreactive they can sometimes be or whatever but um i think his performance is good i i don't think it just i just don't feel like they knit the nut hit the nail correctly on the head by the end like i feel like that last scene with him just doesn't i wish they'd just just gone a bit more a bit more all in on the sokovia accords kind of problem and aspect and where where i feel like if once again this relates back to dylan's kind of wish that this had gone on for an entire phase where this character's story seemed to have to be, you know, he, he seemed to be there because they needed to wrap this whole thing up by the end of the movie um, and and kind of try and change everything over. Like, does anybody, like, just on that point really quickly, does the Sokovia Accords ever pop up again in the movies? Only having... in Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's it. Does it? Pop but up even then, but actually, War? I have questions about Maybe. Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think so. I have a lot of questions about that. Um, when we either when we get to it or when we talk about the ending scene, he's under house like, arrest. But why is he under house arrest? Didn't because he's a very Steve, naughty boy. <laughs> but didn't Steve Rogers break him out? No, no. He says, he no, says, I guess he turned him down because he, he says no, nah, dude. He's like no, nah, dude. I've got I'm a cool. daughter. He's Same like with daughter, Hawkeye. Man. Yeah, I think they explain this. They're like, do they really? I think they briefly kind of they try and like explain that. You know, because at the end of this movie, obviously, all you see is Cat break Falcon out, and then, like, he's gone over to other people, and they're like, nah, dude, I don't want to go on your, like, fucking I've got a family. The two guys with family decide not to go with him. It takes Falcon and Wanda. Yeah. I don't know. That's... And Black Widow. Well, Black Widow was all... She didn't get captured. She joins him. She never got captured. Yeah. Like, that's the... That's the... The four people team, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the Secret Avengers. Yeah, Secret Avengers. Yeah, which they. Yeah. Why didn't they just make? That Why did they make movie? that movie? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, they, they just... could. They could still. Uh, yeah. They bring back Chris Hemsworth, make him uh, grow the beard again. Uh, just, Chris Evans, just, make him like just grow the make, beard again. You know, it's just a movie about him growing that beard. That's all I want. I don't. I can't, just. I'll say I don't like that rumor, but also the fact that he responded and was like, first I've heard about it. I'm like, look. No offense, dude, but I don't trust in you when it comes to <laughs> any, like you could just be trying to cover your ass here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Stan Lee sighting Lee appears as a FedEx postman delivering a package from Steve Rogers to Tony Stark at the end of the film, mispronouncing Stark's name as Tony Stank. It's one of his better ones. Tony Stank. That's Stank. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. How do we feel about War Machines? Uh, Rhodey's incident in this film should have killed him. a big dramatic moment once again though never comes up again in any of the movies it's just kind of well I think they still have him having things on his legs or whatever to be like oh this is what's helping him walk or, or, or whatever like I think you see that in Infinity War and other things yeah. but no I, I think he should have died I, I, I went into this movie and I remember going to cinema going someone is gonna fucking die like this is it's called Civil War we need someone to die to be like the real fucking like mm, holy shit yep, moment to, and then i thought he the, was gonna be it i thought i'm the, like oh the shit final split yeah yeah i was like when he went down in the movie theater i was like oh shit i remember sitting there going like oh my god like, 
fucking war machine. Yeah, sure. Like, C-tier character, but let's go. We've got to kill someone. And then when the, he didn't die, I was like, whatever, man. Like, <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's not only that. And then I really, once again, I wish there was more movies to have more repercussions with Vision and stuff going on with how Vision dealt with that whole situation. Because I mean, WandaVision available now. <laughs> well, it possibly it could be one division, but like that's the thing, right? With the thing for Vision is Vision is like a giant hypocrite, in not a hypocrite in general, but like his whole speech at, towards the start of the movie, where it's like talking about catastrophe happening and everything, everything that kind of semi bad happens on a bad scale in that airport scene and and like to in it is his fault. Like he decides to stop, um, to stop two people running towards a the Quinjet. I'm just gonna blow up at a giant tower and collapse it on them. <laughs> like, what he do you could have just like, destroyed the Quinjet. They, so yeah, exactly. Where it's like, I mean, they would have like, been able to get away. Like, it would it would have been a real puzzle to take them. Well, that's that's the one big problem with this whole scene. It's like instead of just fighting, why didn't why didn't any of the superheroes who have big powers just literally run around and just blow up all the fucking planes and be like, "Oh, well, where are you going now? You can't <laughs> fucking leave." <laughs> You're fucked. They, they, Steve had sent like a squire beforehand, and like they, their squires had met in gentlemen's agreement that no planes or like aircraft will yeah. be overly We're fighting. Damaged. Do not destroy the planes. The winner gets the planes. <laughs> Set up the rules of engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most marvelous moment, Dylan. What's your most marvelous moment? For Civil War. Um, I know it's. It's not really a marvellous moment, but I still love, just because I feel like it has ripples for everything else, I still just feel like that scene at the start where, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Frank Grillo's character, whatever the fucking character Crossbones. Crossbones. Crossbones, yeah. Where he, where, where he does the bomb, and then, you know, the look on Wanda's face when she doesn't get the bomb cleared enough, and obviously that's such a... Because um, she's one of the, actually one of the characters in this whole movie where I feel like her, like, sort of psychological battle with like what she's done and like having to sort of choose a side even though she feels like she's done something wrong and kind of maybe she agrees with this side but then ultimately is like but also i'm on this you know like i feel like her character is the one that has the most prominent Mm -hmm. battle shown on screen um and i just feel like in that scene every time i've watched it i kind of just like you feel it on her face it just the 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 emotion on her from that scene even uh chris evans's (laughs) face like his look also, minor point: the accent still does linger in this movie. There is still somewhat they, of an they, accent. In they they literally movie. have a fader on a fucking sw- a board, <laughs> and then every movie they slowly move it down like ten <laughs> decibels for the accent. <laughs> That's what happens when you move to America. Accent thing goes. is, I will I will say you will slowly lose accents. Like no, I, I remember there was an interview, right? I remember years ago. I think it was when this came out or Infinity War Part One. Bruce, you can probably find it if you Google it. Russo Brothers did some interview once where someone asked them, because obviously they did. I would have fucking asked them if I was an interview. And they were like, well, look, if you were like a big known uh, ex-villain slash now superhero and you wanted to hide yourself and you had an accent, you'd cover that accent. And ever since I've read that thing, I've gone, it's not her looks. It's not the fact she can fucking (laughs) float things in the fucking air. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, like usually seen wearing red or something like. I don't know. They're like, no, nah, it's the accent that's the giveaway, man. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> it's not the accent. Uh, Kieran, what's your most marvelous moment of Civil War? Um, other than that, twenty minutes of Spider-Man goodness. It's just one moment from that where 
I enjoy both Spider-Man and Ant-Man's interactions with all the different characters throughout this movie because it, it was a breath of fresh air in terms of characters interacting with each other because they're both funny and well-written characters in terms of their banter and their comedy. Um, but the whole section with the Star Wars references, I thought was, even at the time, I thought was great because it was comedy that picks on the age of Peter Parker and his um, kind of, just how out of touch he is with the rest of the cast members. Like, just like, st- Rhodey and Tony Stark's little kind of where did you get this kid from kind of moment after that. I think he's just so well done in it. It, it shows that age difference and that uh, generational difference that they have with Spider-Man and having this kind of teenager running around this battle. I'll, I think I'll tell you, my favourite Spider-Man joke funny part from that whole fight sequence is actually when he's chasing after Falcon and Wilson Soldier, which, well, it's funny when you're watching that now, knowing that they're going to get a show together, yeah. actually, but um, yeah. when he, like, webs them all onto the ground, and he's like, alright, guys, sorry, I gotta, I gotta tell you, like, all this sort of stuff, and then, like, uh, he shoots the little missile thing or whatever, gets his little drone thing to shoot him down or whatever, yeah. and then <laughs> Bucky's like, why didn't you do that 10 minutes ago? And then uh, Anthony Mackie's just like, shut up. <laughs> no, no, no. I he says, you. I hate, I hate you. you. Yeah, that's it. I, I hate you. you. Which is even yeah. better. I actually, them, those, I really love the, not the bond, but the relationship between those characters that starts in this movie. Even just the moment with, even though it's kind of weird, that's Roger's kiss, like the fucking granddaughter or niece or whatever of Peggy. Yep. It's kind of weird. But, like, just those two in the back of the car afterwards, just that look they give him is just so good. Here's, here's two points I Gif- have for this. Highly gifable. Here's, here's two points. A, for people who complain about that upcoming Winter Soldier Falcon show, just watch that that 10, 15 minutes fight or whatever to see all their moments and be like, we're getting more of that, so be excited. And then B, question about time travel, is it sort of a paradox where because he travels back that potentially he could be kissing his own granddaughter? I know, right? No, because... <laughs> It's his niece. It's his niece. Niece. Peggy's niece. It's his niece, but it's still kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like, paradox, is it not his own niece, maybe? Like, I don't know. It could be his niece. According to the time travel they do about marriage, they they don't have paradoxes. Yeah. The the Marvel time travel rules. Yes. The the timeline that Steve Rogers lived with Peggy is a different timeline than the current one, even though it makes no sense because Steve Rogers appears. I I feel like Infinity Wars. I feel like at Thanksgiving dinners, though, when they're all together around the table, it's still going to be pretty awkward for Steve, especially when like type to find it awkward. (laughs) Like imagine like Steve being there to like welcome like like oh my sister's had a kid. Uh, let's go visit it. <laughs> it's like baby Sharon. <laughs> it's baby Sharon Shazza, and he's like, oh. uh, yeah. Uh, my most marvelous moment. I'm gonna go the uh the fight in the hallway. No, the the stairwell where they're trying to escape uh, Bucky's place. I think it's shot. <laughs> <laughs> I love Steve's just like. Really? Like, when he's, like, he's almost like, killing people? He's like, are you kidding? It's Steve stop. trying to stop Bucky from killing people. It's great. Uh, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's a really enjoyable, well-shot, good choreography, you know? And then it leads up to Black Panther popping out of nowhere. Uh, also, it, it amazes me, since watching another- Two times the Black Panther pops out of nowhere. <laughs> One of the Corridor Crew videos, again, with Gita Silva, who's the stuntman of Black Panther, no- knowing that- he actually did the slide down the building as Black Panther. Like, he did that majority of it actual live on set. is fucking insane. Incredible. Stuntman. 
Stunt women. What would we do without them? This message was sponsored by the stunt people of America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, touch on the other bits and pieces I want to touch on. Is there anything you guys want to bring up? Uh, no. How, how do we feel to, about the ending? Shout out to Thunder Ross. The final Thunder fight. Ross. There's my shout out. Yeah. Mm. William Hurt. William Hurt. Yeah, love him. That link back. Love him. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, by the way, definitely that Incredible Mole movie does count. So make sure you watch it in your timeline. Including more abominations coming back. Um, Yeah, Uh. it is. So uh, who else do I want to shout out? Uh, Matt Freeman. First time in this, right? That was his initial. Mm. Yes, that's the other person. I forgot. I forgot to bring him up in uh, building the building the MCU. Martin Freeman, Everest K. Ross debuted in Kazar number seventeen. September 1998, created by Kenny Martinez and Christopher Priest. Uh, he was fine. It was like a... I like him. A suit. He's yeah, fun. he's enjoyable. He's fun. He's yeah. just like that. He's just like that. He thinks he's, you know, he's he can rule the he farm. Thinks so he thinks good. he's in charge. But then he's, I just... he's that dude that always gets punched <laughs> in the nose for out of movie. Yeah, like, he's yeah. like smug faced when he's talking to Zemo at the end where he's like well your plan was a complete failure and like Zemo's like well was it and he immediately has this look of just like what What, what do you mean like just like complete shock on his not shock but just like he's thrown off um, but mm. he does a good job and he's surprisingly good in Black Panther like he's really good in Black Panther um, do you interesting I guess, thought with this you know with this movie kind of setting the bar a little bit more for these more kind of widespread movies that kind of feature a lot more Marvel characters than just kind of encapsulated in the one um, underarching fact. Mm. With Captain America no longer being, well, as we know, no longer kind of having a featured role within the MCU, do you think we're going to have more of these movies spread out through different ones? Like, I know we have the upcoming Doctor Strange movie that is going to be much in the same vein of this kind of a bit bigger and wackier. But do you think these movies are now going to be kind of, these style of movies are now going to be more spread out through different um, franchises or different titles in the phases to have these bigger moments happening? I, I think there'll be more crossovers, but there won't be as big of a crossover. I feel like one or two characters pop up. Um, like, uh, was it Thor? Love and Thunder is going to have all the guardians in it. Um, I'm sure people shop in various other things. So, yeah. I don't the fucking upcoming th- Spider-Man movie has literally every Spider-Man in it. We're only going bigger no. and better. <laughs> Not confirmed, even though there's talk that what's his face from nah, Devils in yeah, it. Like, yeah, they're fucking literally all in it. Don't even come on. Charlie Cox, shout it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy with Charlie Cox being brought back into the fold. Like, that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, that was good. Um, no, I, I would, ben Ulrich. I would say that, like, so, like, Captain Marvel, in the scheme of things, was more of your like old school smaller origin story marvel movie but even then uh it still had like several people brought in like i honestly don't feel like we'll ever get any of these movies where if they're gonna now that they've tested the waters for so long and people just so accept the crossovers and like it didn't scare anyone off from going oh people have to keep up with these movies is it going to be too hard blah 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 we're well past that stage they're just going to act they're going to cross over the characters when and if well, and however much the, they want where they tested that water the most was in ant-man with the falcon scene was like kind of where they were like here's an origin story in a bubble but also at the same time we're still heavily featuring characters yeah. that are which is funny in retrospect because i remember watching dark world in the cinema and when steve rogers came up for his 30 second scene i was like oh shit there he is yes. How big of a thing that is. Yeah. Yeah. 
best parts of that movie. Uh, another interesting <laughs> bit, obviously, we've got the uh, what is it, the hologram technology thing that he introduces that comes into play in uh, Far From Home. But this is like the first use of that de aging. Oh no, uh, I guess it's the second use after second, Michael Douglas. After Michael Douglas, yeah, but this was more prominent, I guess, because I feel like people like Michael Douglas. I don't feel like Michael, don't, Michael Douglas was de-aged, but I feel like this scene is longer. They'd only cut off like a couple years. Like, there was only like 10 years off or yeah. 20 years. I feel like the one, Tony where... Stark one's longer and uh, bigger age difference. Like they had to de-age him a lot more. So mm. um, this is, but again, like, I don't know how to say this without spoilers, but like something else that's in the Disney centerfold of shows and things recently did a de-aging thing that didn't look as good as they've done in yeah. these um, and re-watching these it really makes you go is it the time and is the money and it's probably both that this had over the other thing I'm talking about so yeah mm-hmm. but it really looks good in here and this movie is five years old nearly now so it's just a, it's, a testament it's one of those things as well with it is I thought about this while I was watching this time how awkward would you have been to sit in that MIT crowd as Tony Stark's having this kind of Psych- like this psychological like trip through a memory about the last time he was with his parents and stuff like it would be a bit like is this is this, this is okay? weird like, yeah this is kind of weird and to it, be putting on this and stage. then you're like I don't care he gave me all the money I needed to sit you know that could be a whole timeline of stuff like all these people doing these experiments and them all going wrong that's where the Six comes in also shout outs they're like Pepper Potts what's going on there and then we get to Infinity War and they're like they're back together. No, it's homecoming. Oh, it's homecoming. It's yeah. homecoming. No, it's homecoming where they're like they're at the end of that. It's like, and, let's get yeah, married. It's like, <laughs> yeah. But this th- in this movie it really makes it seem like oh she did want she did she wanted to get paid more. Gwyneth wanted to get paid more or, or something along those lines. No, and, it was like he outright says it's because he uh you know he said he was giving up the suits and then he didn't give up the suits. Yeah, but I'm saying they they do that for this movie. And why the actor reason just, like the actor wasn't there? Rather I feel than like the they wrote world that world. reason. Uh, why? Yes, yeah, I feel like the, that reason was given because she. Wouldn't it's just one of those things where it's like, man. I mean, she I didn't really th- need to be in there, really, <laughs> other than to show up for that 30 second cameo, I guess. Should've but it's it. still the MCU where they should be able to have those cameos happen. I don't know. I didn't find it too weird. Anything else you guys want to talk about about Civil War? No, it's a it's an okay movie. How, how do we feel about the ending? Do like obviously who? Let answer the question. Who was right? Tony Stark, Captain America. The answer is they were both right in parts. There, Captain America was probably more right in my opinion. Do um, you feel like that you have that impression because it's a Captain America movie? No. Well, I well, I mean, what it boils down to to, to me is that. Like they're going, hey, well, Cap's like, look, we can't really be put in a bubble because that will, you know, they'll hurt us, they'll restrict us. That's not on. That's kind of what everyone agrees with. Um, and t- Tony's side of things is the whole, well, and as uh, Ross brings in, you know, shows him all the clips and says, hey, look, you're you're fucking destroying buildings. You're, you know, things are going wrong. Like, who who do we hold accountable for this? Which is literally the same thing. I mean, it's literally Watchmen. So, like, who who watches The Watchmen? So, and the answer to that movie is the same thing of, well, uh, who, who's right at the end of that when fucking Blue Man <laughs> fucking deci- decides to make the choice? No, they don't have a Blue Man equivalent for this to, to make the choice, I guess. I don't know. 
It's just it's, it's, they're both rights in part, but I don't, I don't know. They should have just worked it out and not had a fight. They should have played a, a nice game of Super Mario Kart or something. And you know, it's just one of those things where by the end of it, it looks like Tony actually doesn't give a fuck about the Accords anymore, and he kind of baby rages about his parents and stuff, which is a viable reason. And that's just kind of where it ends with him because like with him putting Ross on hold and everything at the end it's just like um yeah it's 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 just a weird kind of point where it ends where it's like there doesn't seem to be a real resolution or a change to the accords and well I mean there's I feel like like the the major problem is there's no resolution really when you think about it the next time Captain America and Tony Stark are in a moment together is Endgame when he gets off that ship yeah. At the yeah. start of the film. So. And things are kind of quote-unquote peachy with them, rather than... Well, more, yeah. there's been bigger shit happen, so we kind of just don't care about that anymore. We don't talk about films, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, like, and, and, between this and Winter Soldier, though, like, they both end, and they're both like, oh my god, world-shattering event that's going to affect everyone and all of our characters, and then it just seems like no, none of the movies afterwards really care about what's happened like you could say also, ant-man does to a degree but like that's not the character you care about hearing from you hear <laughs> like you yeah, want to know what yes. you want to know what steve and tony stark and natasha well, and those people person, are up he's the only person that really has any repercussions happen to Ant-Man. is ant-man yeah he's the only person that has to show the and it's even if they're like oh we're, we're showcasing the repercussions from that movie in ant-man well it's like yeah but what about everybody else that did bad because he's the only like, one that got a fucking movie in between the, yes yeah the well, um Spider-Man, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, of a character who had, uh, who, 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 like, was there, could could have had a repercussion, or, yeah, yeah. Um, Also, also just a random economic question about this movie and the world it lives in. What happened to all the people that were working at the Avengers facility at the end of, uh, the end of Ultron? Because that place looks empty as shit every time they show it. All I'm going to say is Donald Trump was elected in 2016, so. <laughs> but it's no, privately but owned. <laughs> it's privately owned. Private company. And I'm assuming Tony Stark owns it all. <laughs> you know? Maybe, Maybe they've realized that, wait, the Avengers program doesn't actually make any money, so how do we get funds to actually fund all these people's jobs? It's like, we can't, so. Whoops. Yeah. It's a conundrum. You know? I mean, somebody had to move all the stuff from. Uh, Avengers Tower as well, so I mean, I'm sure there are people who work there until. Well, nobody's Infinity moved War. out of Avengers Tower yet because they do. They're doing the yeah. Move well, from somebody's Avengers obviously Towers. moved. They're moving it so there's got people there to get all of the stuff. Hmm. I don't know. I it, don't know. It's yeah. It's, it's a weird. They're just saving money by not showing them on camera. That's all it is. Remember <laughs> 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 they, they did that DC show where it was? I think it only lasted one season. Had Danny Pudi in it, where it was about uh, uh, the Powerless. cleanup crew. Was that was it called? Yeah. So uh, that, no, it was. It wasn't about the cleanup crew. It was something. It was something similar, like though. that. I can't remember yeah, what yeah. the premise was. But, but like yeah. what you're talking about just made me think of that because that show is kind of the, what you are talking about, where it's like, yeah. show us the show about the fucking people working <laughs> at Avengers Tower who aren't like Shield or, or, or like. I want to know that Skarsgård still has a job at the Avengers place because <laughs> okay. he was there, Guys, and now we haven't seen him since. Let's put a pitch together and we'll send it over to Marvel and see what they say. I'll let's see. Sure we got it. You know. The chronicle the events of like between Civil War and Endgame, where they all die in the massive explosion by Thanos. 
Well, I can't wait till we get to Infinity War and Endgame because you know they're my favorite pitch for what should have happened between those movies. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move into comics recommendation. I just went with the most obvious one this episode. Civil War uh, uh, issues oh, one to seven of Civil War written by Mark Miller, penciled by Steve McNiven, Niven, uh, pretty much telling the story of this film, but better uh, with more characters. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, what have you? I'm assuming we have all read this at some point. Let me hear with a bang I've been saving. First Marvel comic I ever read Ooh. was Civil War. And that was because back when I was like 14, 15, whatever it was, uh, and I couldn't, there was no comic book store here. But I used to go into my secondhand bookstores in town, and, I used, and sometimes they would have comic books in there, like secondhand ones. And they had Civil War. And I, I brought it, and up until that stage, I'd only been buying DC graphic novels because I, I mostly cared about Batman stuff. So this was my first uh, Marvel comic. And the reason I got it was because I knew Mark Millar because I'd read Kick-Ass, um, some mm. other things. Like, I knew, I knew him. So I, I saw his name. I was like, cool. This is my, my first Marvel comic. And I still hold this in very high regard because I set up with that whole story to go, first Marvel comic comic who obviously i know who some of the characters are but i haven't been following the actual issues in the lead up to this mm. and i still found and i still think the story is fairly given how many characters involved very easy to kind of follow what is actually yeah. the fucking happening and it's not confusing mm. it's not like here's a billion characters here's a, a unnecessary fight scene over 10 minutes to just get explosions because it's a comic book like it's great it works it's a reason a lot of people love the the storyline i really enjoy it yeah Kieran? It's fantastic. Like, it's one of my favorite Spider-Man runs, um, other than like kind of outside of the Ultimate Spider-Man universes. Um, I really love the discussion around um, superheroes and the discussion around, um, especially from Peter Parker's point of view, who is just a teenager and kind of revealing his face and what that does to his life and the kind of the aftermath of him kind of showing his identity afterwards is really interesting. And I think Marvel tackles the discussion about um responsibility and kind of in that in these situations for superheroes in a way that is easy to digest without going full watchman on it 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 is is, it's really interesting to dig your teeth into it it's still done in an easy way to understand and it's still with characters that you really enjoy and love and and i think um the interesting thing is is kind of i always actually every now and then i'll I'll find a new kind of character storyline from the civil war arc that is you can quickly jump into, but it's not necessary. You could just follow the main stuff or read the first yeah, seven issues and have like a really good overall understanding. Um, did either of you guys read the second lot of like Civil War Two at all? With no, um, with, I uh, did. Captain I Marvel. Did. Yeah. I, yeah, I did, but I didn't. I didn't think it was. I didn't think I it didn't came like close it as much. This. Yeah. No, exactly. I think it was very weird doing it again, and I didn't enjoy. Well, I think the value in Civil War is that it's really easy for the reader to see both sides of the argument. Like, it's really quite easy to look at the argument and be like, well, I can, I can understand that point of view, and I can understand that point of view. Um, whereas I think in Civil War Two is a little bit harder with Captain well, Marvel's that, point That's of view the point. Kind of. Like, they were never trying to turn any of the good guys into bad guys. Like, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be reading it, and then to, to a degree they try and do it in the movie as well, where it's like, you're not supposed to be on anyone's side. You're supposed to be like, these are all still the superheroes I love. You're supposed to understand each of their points of views. And that there's like, there's, there's a bigger bad guy out there. You should all learn to get along and fix this shit so we can 
go back to finding the real bad guys. It wasn't like, oh, let's turn half the MCU, uh, the Marvel comics, into bad guys all of a sudden. Hail Hydra. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. I think reading rereading this, obviously, reading it quickly, <laughs> it did, maybe the pacing is a little bit off, and events happen like, too quickly. I feel like this was definitely something that would have been really cool to have experienced in real time. Month by month. The, all the issues. Month by month, uh, piece coming out. Uh, another thing that I thought when I was reading this, Thunderbolts. Do you reckon Marvel would ever do Thunderbolts? I thought they were going to do it years ago, before Civil War, actually. I yeah. remember me and my friend talking about it then, theorizing that they were going to do in in the lead up to this, or maybe during this movie. But so but I could see. Do you it. think they can do it now with Suicide Squad being so? Obviously, it's very similar. I, I feel like uh, since you've had Suicide Squad and you've had Guardians and people already compare those two, it's like at this stage, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. If you've you got the idea, why not? Uh, but yeah, like obviously very Mark Millar stuff. Lots of people dying in gruesome ways. They got Cyborg Thor. That was weird. <laughs> uh, and you know, again, Reed Richards being kind of a dick. You know, Man, I love Reed Richards though. He's like, a rich dick. I like. I think that's the thing, Switch right? Where smart I'm like, dick. It, that's, and I think that's why Fantastic Four is being looked at, being is being brought back to the MCU because I think Reed Richards is now really needed now that Tony Stark isn't around to kind of have fill that the void, kind of, yeah. yeah, to fill that void. Um, because I think the the interesting concept is like that overarching. I don't want to call them the council, but the group that kind of talk about the bigger issues in the MCU in terms of characters where it's generally uh, Doctor Strange, Tony Stark, Reed Richards. Um, every now and then Doctor Doom appears in that discussion. You're like, okay, this is, you know, it's... Um, it's but, how desperate they are. Yeah. yeah, it's how desperate they are, but um, you need those characters to have that overarching kind of catalyst to everything else um, that I think is is absolutely needed for these storylines. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, that brings us to the end of this episode of All New Marvel Cast. Uh, let us know what you thought of the movie Captain America Civil War and the comics Civil War uh, by going to Twitter. Uh, you can find us all on Twitter by going to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. On our next episode of the MCU Rewatch, we'll be discussing Doctor Strange. So make sure you watch that and join us next time for another All New Marvel Cast. Marvel.